0: For months, there have been talks about a super pact between minority parties going into next year's election. Let us find out what is happening from Tembo Gaudi, the president of the African People's Convention. Welcome, sir.
1: Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. Well, it is, it is true that for the past two months or so, there have been engagements amongst uh, minority parties that are working together in the city of Johannesburg and Egorulien. And these talks were informed by the good working relationship that we have at that level. And we're asking ourselves, what are the possibilities of extending this uh, working together into the national elections of 2024? Uh, That is what we have been, you know, engaging in. And then things came to a head uh, early in, in October. When we when the political leaders met and looked at the various scenarios, after which it was agreed that uh, all parties must go and report back to their principals for a mandate, because there were um, different scenarios that were put on the table, like well, we can go to the elections as individuals, uh, you know, like like it happened in the past, or we can go to the elections as individuals, but. Who have an agreement to work together uh, during the elections and even after? Or we can look at the possibility of uh, us coming together and setting up a new organization through which we'll all contest. Those are the scenarios that we're supposed to look at. Now, unfortunately, uh, before the beginning of this week's meeting, uh, there was a media release quoting some unknown sources. Uh, claiming that an agreement has already been reached and that the APC is part of that agreement to contest under one roof, about which we were very unhappy as the APC because it was a continuation of a conduct that we saw in the last meeting where it appeared that uh, some parties said Cock has before and in a very naive way thought they could just bulldoze us into accepting a particular scenario. So we felt that uh, that was a continuation of that kind of uh, conduct. And we therefore wrote them a note to say, well, we're not coming into your next meeting and we'll not be part of any uh, discussions going forward because we appreciate that there might be parties that are interested in contesting as one. So we must not delay those, uh, those people because we're not interested in such a scenario. So we stayed away. We're not sure what transpired on Monday, uh, what decisions have been taken. But for the APC, that's that's where the journey ends.
0: So can you tell us how your party is doing at the moment?
1: Well, look, uh, the, the APC is doing as best as it can under the circumstances. You know, after 2019, when the IEC told us that uh, we have lost our parliamentary representation, we had to answer the question of how do we build the APC in the context where we do not have resources. And I think we have answered that question at a practical level. We have gone out of our way to strengthen ourselves uh, in terms of structures, the provinces, the sub-regions, and also in the branches. For we had diagnosed that part of the challenge we had in 2019 was the fact that we didn't have structures, strong structures. So that part we have, to a very large extent, dealt with it. And uh, we have also looked at uh, 2024 20, elections in the context of elections being numbers, <clears throat> and we've reduced all our plans to numbers. Uh, all our plans have come down to numbers, and so we're counting. What numbers do we have in Gauteng? What numbers do we have in Limpopo, Eastern Cape? You know, just like that. And so far, so good. Uh, We're quite happy. We recently had an election summit on the 24th of September where we looked at all aspects and elements of the elections. And we continue to have reports on a fortnightly basis from our structures and also from our public representatives in terms of the work that is being done. And I am in touch with the uh, members uh, 24-7 every day. I, I, I engage with members in this or that province looking at the work that is being done. So <clears throat> I, I would say that we're cautiously optimistic. We're making steady, irreversible progress. And I believe that by the time elections come, uh, they will find us ready.
0: May I take you back to your time as chairman of SCOPA? Uh, I recall in 2018, uh, Steinoff's Marcus Jooste testified. What do you make of the events that have transpired since his testimony, his appearance before
1: Scopa? Well, you know, um, it's, it's it's very unfortunate because the general trend has persisted, which is that uh, when Jöster appeared before Scopa, you could see that... Uh, Parliament and the police uh, did not seem to approach this matter with the, with, the, with the requisite level of confidence uh, and seriousness, and 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 so it has it has uh, persisted. Uh, we were told at that point by the police and even the prosecution that uh, uh, there was one instance of confirmed uh, about two hundred and fifty million rands uh, for which they believe they could. Take him to court, and they will just end the charges as time goes on. But we all know uh, nothing has happened. Uh, Stainoff even gave the NPA uh, thirty million rands uh, to help them investigate Chwaister, uh, but uh, it doesn't seem to have come to anything. We in the APC actually merged to the NPA to demand that uh, uh, they need to <clears throat> they need to show movement on this case, particularly because. Uh, it is the biggest uh, corruption scandal in the history of a country and uh, it had the possibility to undermine both uh, private and and public uh, sector you know morality and it was important to act in a way that was going to be exemplar but uh, nothing has happened we see now that uh, the germans uh, eventually charged justin And as for his extradition, uh, we're not sure where that is at this point. uh, But uh, from the South African point of view, I can tell you that uh, I've almost given up on the possibility of the police and the NPA uh, taking any decisive action against justice. Justice delayed is justice denied.
0: What do you make of the oversight quality at Scopa at the moment?
1: I think the, one of the main challenges in, in, in Parliament, it's, it's lack of continuity. And you therefore lose uh, institutional, you know, memory. Uh, if you look, I did not go back to Scopa. All the members of the ANC who were in Scopa did not go back. All the members of the DA who were in Scopa did not go back. Uh, the only person who's left there who, has, who served with us in the last five years um is the chairperson of the committee uh without whom everybody else is is new and i think that does have an impact in terms of the quality of their work but also take into account the fact that the uh, oversight under president sir has sort of gone down it i mean we were assisted in our oversight work by the media it looks like the media is not interested in, in holding the President uh, accountable or creating that uh, atmosphere that would give cover or impetus to Parliament uh, to also do its work. But I'm not saying that Parliament needs the external stimuli of the media, but I'm just saying that the overall environment, uh, I mean, take into account uh, that leaked audio where the President said he knew ALC members who were stealing public money for ALC Uh, activities Uh, scopa could not budge on that even after uh, the intelligence services had initially said they are ready to provide documents to scopa and the chairperson said no wait uh, just hang on a bit and then it just you know died away so i think uh, when we left we had become conscious of the fact that we could do more and do better um, I don't think that uh, the bar has been raised. If anything, I think it just goes down.
0: Now, you also testified before the Zondo Commission. Um, what was the crux of your testimony, and how have you seen that testimony taken forward or not taken forward?
1: But, you know, the crux of my uh, testimony was that uh, oversight is a political function. It's not an administrative function. For as long as there is no political will uh, to push for accountability, uh, Parliament will not be effective. And I gave uh, instances uh, of the work that we've done, provided resolutions that we've taken in terms of what needs to be done. And and to say, in all those instances, whether you're talking about the SAPC or they're talking about PRASA, uh, Transned, uh, Correctional Services, ESCOM, nothing had changed because there was no political will to act, not only from the executive, but also from parliament. Because if you look at the parliamentary oversight model, it creates, it does state in very explicit terms what needs to be done when there is persistence in wrongdoing Uh, in the office of the speaker, which has not happened. I also lamented the fact that uh, when we take resolutions, these resolutions now reside in the office of the speaker. And that office did not have a tracking mechanism to follow up on all those resolutions. And that we had, I had actually written to the House chairperson responsible, uh, Cedric Froelich, to say my committee is is demanding that you need to have a tracking mechanism, which he promised was never done. I reported it at the Zondo Commission. I don't think anything has been done. So those are the issues I raised. I don't think anything has happened uh, to those recommendations. Next year, I'll be joining Parliament. It will still be the same.
0: Talking about next year, What are your predictions for the big national election that could be a a historic turning point?
1: I will not necessarily predict, and I will restrict my uh, my comment to, to the APC, because that comment is based on empirical evidence and projections that I look at. What I do know is that the APC has set itself three strategic objectives. And I can assure you that those objectives are going to be met. The first one is that the APC needs to be represented back in the National Assembly. That's number one. Number two is that the APC must be represented also in the provincial legislations. How many, we shall see. And thirdly, it is to ensure that once representation is secured, we must push not just to have one, but to have as many as we possibly can. And we know what numbers are required for us to have more than one representative, uh, whether in the National Assembly or in the various provinces, we've looked at the election results and seat allocations. We've made comparisons over the different years. Um, I think I think that's where we are, and we want to go back, not because of the novelty of being in parliament. I've been there for fifteen years. I think the novelty is gone. It is more about how does one use that position. Uh, to alleviate some of the challenges that people experience on the ground, just like we did when I was still in Parliament. The only shortcoming was that I was doing a lot of work, Eastern Cape, Western Cape, KZN, Northwest, Souteng, but without the making of a strong organizational structure. That we have corrected, and it will ensure that we do as well as we can. However, we are not blind to the fact that uh, the national consensus around the ANC has crumbled. And with that happening, it creates a lot of uncertainty in terms of the direction of the country. There is the talk about coalition government, uh, which, which, which is a distinct possibility, in fact, probability, uh, because even the ANC, you could see with what uh, the deputy president tried to have in the Western Cape around coalitions. It's, it's a preparatory work. Uh, And so, we as the APC understand that being in the political arena implies that uh, if we have such a scenario, uh, we'll be there uh, to contribute and to participate. But on the basis of a developmental agenda that is buttressed by good governance and service delivery, that is our minimum requirement, without which we don't think we'll be able to work with any political party.
0: Thank you. That was. Timbergordi of the African People's Convention speaking to Business. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you.